Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Prime Picks, the podcast where we dive into the deep, dark horse of Prime Video because nobody else talks about Prime Video, folks. We're not talking about buying or renting crap on it. We're talking about included with Prime only. And you know what? This guest, he's, he's, he's like the coolest underground dweller as we know it. I mean, I love his podcast. He's just the hardest working podcaster I know. James is on board with me today. What's going on, James? Hey, yo! I had things to say about the intro. Uh, diving into... Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Get on Prime. So the people who are making these beautiful movies, man, they're going to get a whole nine cents when you watch the movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's some classics on Prime. I mean, there's just... You dive deep into that well. And just an example that James picked tonight is... Chud, C H U D, Chud from '84, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I love the '80s. It's my kind of jam. Yeah, this is the first. This is the first '80s film on this podcast too, as well. So it's like we're dipping into the '80s now, folks. Uh, so James, what draw you to Chud? I have always somehow known about Chud. Maybe I had seen it in the movie store all the time, but I don't know. I know for a fact, most likely my friend Shane, he's a rapper under C poppin or Shane Wolf poppin. Now, uh, I produce his stuff. I think he always talked about Chud. It's been in my vernacular all the time of just calling someone a Chud or just a cannibal. I've known cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. And, Oh, I think a big thing with it is Betsy Sidaro on Comedy Bang Bang would play a chud, specifically, I think, from Chud 2, Bud the Chud, which is, when I watched this earlier this year, I said, Nicole, we have to watch Chud. It's, it, let's just watch it, please. And she's like, I don't want to watch fucking Chud. Because the if you watch the trailer, everyone, you are going to think this is going to be a cheesy movie. Or if you're familiar with Bud the Chud, which is Chud 2, that is a straight-up campy horror comedy. But this, I, when like watching it, I'm like, holy shit, it's beautifully shot. I love any movie shot on location from like the late 70s to the late 80s in New York City. And I, because I I live in Chicago, I want to see movies shot in Chicago from back then. If anyone knows any, please let me know. But, man, it's beautifully shot. And the message behind this, like the, the social commentary of this film is so poignant. There's also a beautiful scene that is so insanely progressive for like uh like pro-choice and how like a man should be talking to their spouse if if their spouse can get pregnant I, I should say uh about their pregnancy and their choice in the matter and it's like this man says like it's not up to me if you want to keep it's your body I'm like this was 84 and in a fucking what is supposed to be like a genre movie but it's this movie breaks so many of those tropes of either like oh the horror genre or just creature feature there's zero nudity in it there's it's like when a woman is like scantily clad there's a reason for it 
It's very tasteful. Very tasteful. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's, there's, there, I was expecting some nude in this movie. I'm like, no, when the, when she does eventually, there's one point where she does get naked. Like, where's the, oh, no, no, really? Really? Wow. That's classy. That's, it's not, and I thought it was going to be a straight horror film and it's not, it's, it's, it's about, it's more of like a mystery actually. It's mm-hmm. like, it's underground, like mystery kind of get it underground, get it. Ha ha. Not. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> No, I love that. I love how there's like there's like an underlying mystery to this film. Like you don't know what Chud is. You don't even get the reveal of Chud until like halfway through the film. You just you just get this plain story, like this yeah. story about underground people and, and living in the, the the sewers. And it's like, okay, what's going on with this? And I was thoroughly surprised about this. I was like, whoa! And you got a great cast in this film as well. Yes, you get. Not at first, I was like, "Oh, you get two Home Alone alums," but no, 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 no. The other, the person who plays Bosch, uh, some people might fight me on this, but he is also a Home Alone alum because he was in Home Alone Three. Huh? Well, what do you know? I didn't even know that one. Yeah, I knew about the other two, but I didn't know that one. Well, yeah. holy shit! Because when I was watching this, I was like, "Oh, who is that man? The main character that I do not know the name of, and I don't know he was the dad in Home Alone." I was like, "Who is this?" Looked him up. I was like, "Oh, dad in Home Alone." Then Daniel Stern comes on, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" So much so that I was like, "Did the person who write this, who wrote this, also write Home Alone?" But I don't think there's any other connection. In that, maybe like the casting director, who knows? Weird, like quinky dink, I think, just because it just, there's, I mean, in Home Alone, they never shared a scene yeah. together whatsoever, but this film, they do. Like, uh, John Hurd is what you're referring to yes. as the, the father. Uh, God rest his soul, he uh, passed away a while ago, so. Uh, and he looks like a young John Favreau, in my opinion. I look, keep looking at his face and like, why is John Favreau in this film? It's not. It's just John Hurd being young. I did want to say something on the commenting on no nudity. In at least IMDb trivia, I can't see this because it is specifically the like home release 4 by 3 aspect ratio of this. In that movie, there's a goof where you can see that the actress is not nude. She was wearing like a strapless top. During the shower scene. Huh. Yet another thing I did not notice. I didn't, uh, I'll, we only get to see a glimpse of her feet as, uh, the shower starts to, uh, clog up and man, that's, that's like, really. <laughs> that's my nightmare. We recently moved and the shower just keeps clogging. I don't know if it's because of the building. I don't know if it's because my hair is now longer than it has ever been. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, my God. She also would have, heard, like, noticed it way before. It, she, like, because you – you once it starts, like, there's a little pool, especially on how small this shower is, you start yeah. hearing the, – there's a difference between it dropping on, like, porcelain or plastic and just dropping on straight water. She would have noticed it. But the fact that she just, like, tries to grab – or she successfully grabs and like snakes it out with a wire hanger. No more yeah. wire hangers, <laughs> and so much blood sprays at her yeah. from the drain. I, oh, maybe yeah. that's alluding to the fact that the couple down or the mom and son downstairs are in fact murdered. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is actually, yeah, that is exactly what it is, uh, what I've noticed, because I, we're jumping around at this point. Oh, if yeah. you've not seen the film, uh, I highly recommend it's on Prime right now, included with Prime, just a heads up right now, folks. Um, it's also on, like, Tubi and all of that as well. It's, true. it's free for a while in many places. Yeah, so give the chance to watch it and uh, just do that, because uh, we're... Spoilers, we don't fucking care. I don't care either. I don't. Like, the chud, the chud themselves, they look so, you don't even see a lot of it either. There's like great glimpses. The first time we see it was like the Gramps with the young kid in the phone booth. Mm -hmm. And the kid's like yanking on Gramps and like trying to see and all of a sudden, wham, just grabs the guy and kills him. And I was like, whoa. And the the eyes were just big yellow like bulbs, like, like they glow in the dark. And it's like. So creepy, man. So creepy. Yeah. Uh, can I quickly... We should just do this for people listening. Can I give a quick synopsis of the film? Sure. <laughs> okay. A photographer and his spouse. I don't know if they're married yet. She is a model, and they have just moved into a studio loft type thing on the top floor of a New York apartment. It, there is one thing about this movie that just baffles me but it's like no it new york hadn't been cleaned up yet it hasn't gone through the disneyfication in air quotes that times square had had you know there were still porno shops everywhere on main street in times square so like like hip-hop hadn't even like fully come about like that's the stuff you got to think about with new york so they're in this dilapidated building and they're there He's been taking photos of people who live underground, not just like it's they are houseless people who instead of sleeping on the streets, they're like, hey, I'm going underground. Then there is a string of disappearances that uh, throughout this this one specific area of uh, I believe it is uh, Soho. Uh, just like a few b- like block radius from the little clues that we get from Captain Bosch and the head in the head in quotes NRC National Radiation Council or whatever. So the mystery starts unfolding of like, hey, what's the disappearances happening? We get Daniel Stern, who is working in a, a laughable a scam. What is this? It's a soup kitchen. Soup kitchens aren't scams, and they're not something to laugh at, you upper echelon pieces of shit. That's what people in the movie are doing. Now, nah, uh, Mike isn't over here, like, giggling at soup kitchens. <laughs> or it's not like, or I'm not seeing, like, reviews saying that either. So... They're hanging out. They're doing that. Uh, And then the police captain is calling or responding to a call from Daniel Stern about underground folks going missing and not coming back for soup and for anything from him because it's like a close-knit group. And mystery starts unfolding. Judd. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Bosch. Bosch is – I I truly love Captain Bosch. He just – he just – He's concerned about the people and just went for it. And he knows AJ somehow, Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I kind of want to know the previous relationship between AJ and Captain Bosch, but it's just how it is. And I just love that 
kind of relationship they have throughout this whole film solving this crime. Yeah, I I did see reviews for this, especially contemporary reviews, and maybe like some when the DVD started getting released, and mm-hmm. that opened up a lot of horror to people. And everyone was like, oh, it's it's a B movie that's more funny than it is serious. And it's like, what movie were you fucking watching? Like, yeah. the acting's great. The It shot well. It's This is an indie darling that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it is. It's, I was trying to, I was looking at um, some reception reviews as well. And I mean, Rotten Tomatoes for one is they, it's 29% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 3.89 out of 10. So yikes. Um, Insane. It is. It's, I've truly like, maybe there's some other reviews out there. I mean, of course, Bloody Disgusting were rated 4.5 out of 5 stars and calls it tr- uh, definitely one of the B-movie's best kept secrets. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, I, I, I did, it is, it, it, it every movie I watch, I always listen for the score. The score in this film. Yes. When it pops up, it is great. It's got the synthy sound to it. And when it does like horror stuff, it just, it's like an orchestrated like pop to it. It's just like. What is going on here with this score? And I love it. There is one weird thing about the score, and that is in the shower scene when the blood comes out and bursts up. There's a synth noise that sounds like Muttley. His laugh from, you know, Wacky Races, him going like, <laughs> and it was distracting. Uh, uh, okay. I, I do want to just say this was made for $1.25 million. And it made in the box office four point seven million. So this was mm-hmm. a hit. And it was on top of that, this was for sure a rental staple. Like most horror movies, it's like, hey, you're a teenager, you want to see a horror movie? Espe- like this is also a perfect horror movie. You look on the back, there's no nudity. You'll probably be able to convince your parents to rent it. Right. Yeah. And it's just yeah, the the monster in, in question doesn't pop up until halfway through the movie. You're just kind of like questioning, like what's really going on, and it's and once you see the creature, it's like, like I said, it's phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. it's got like clawy hands and big teeth, gnarly teeth, and they can go through fucking walls. Yeah, especially <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, this this chud just punches through what would be like a dark room. So like, it seems like that wall should have been because this is made for a studio, like a, a photo studio, or maybe she just said studio in the sense of it's a uh, zero bed. Yeah. A zero bedroom. But I think they had bedrooms in there. So I feel like it's a, a, a loft uh, type for artists. Like an, uh, yeah, because I think she said artist studio. I don't know. No. Um, what do you think about like the underlining, uh, kind of like with Wilson and the uh, the national and uh, the nuclear regulatory regu- regulatory commission? Just that mystery of like, what's Wilson up to with just <laughs> the Chud project and dumping urban waste into the sewers? Man, that's the thing I that makes this movie great. If this was just like, hey, there's some fuckers down there. We don't know how they got down there. Let's get them. Or like in the same kind of vein that trauma stuff has 
with their nuclear, their commentary on nuclear waste with Toxic Avenger or Class of Nukem High. That's like pretty much there is no commentary besides like, yeah, man, they're really destroying the earth with just dumping shit. But this has such a poignant message on how the government deals with this and poverty. People who are in these impoverished areas that it's like, oh, we'll dump this, but hey, we're not going to dump it into the oceans because that will get us in trouble with the UN. We'll just dump it in, but this is like in the city, like dump it somewhere like in a smaller area, I feel like would be the better thing. And then on top of that, of them saying like, fuck it, we so badly don't want it to get out that we did this. We are going to put gas in the sewers and risk hundreds of millions of dollars in infrastructure repair by blowing up the sewers like the it's power lines they had to shut off it's it's gas lines that they had to reroute to make sure like if these things blow up and get destroyed they have to pay for that and it's insane that the government is fine with in the sense of like fucking over poor people or i guess they probably wouldn't have repaired it they would have been like hey you're just gonna be out of luck for electricity for a long time like if you look at flint as someone who was born and raised in michigan uh, the government really doesn't care about impoverished areas like flint michigan still to this day has fucked up water it's somewhat drinkable but it is still very toxic and it's insane that this movie came out in 84 and is still so poignant. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like I I tr- I I was like blown away. This is definitely a cult following. I've I'm looking at the legacy of this film. There's like so many references in several shows and mm-hmm. movies. I even 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 in Tony Hawk's Underground. Yeah. Thud. When you mentioned about shot in New York, I I love New York in the 80s. Like, it yeah. is just, when I see it in films, it, it is just gorgeous to look at. And I, there's a shot of the Twin Towers in this film. Yeah. Very briefly. And I was like, yep. I just, because I, I don't, like, I, I lived through most of my life knowing the Twin Towers. And of course, disaster happens. And I'm like, I like, I often look back on those early films where they displayed twin towers like that's that's just the good times just like i miss the twin towers i don't know just that's just when you think of new york you think of the twin towers and especially like i just it's a weird time watching older films now for in my opinion just because of twin towers there was a joke in beyblade that they in early beyblade episodes they would just destroy mini figures like the Beyblade arenas would be miniature world monuments I was like dude if they straight up like topple a New York City building like a miniature one because this was as pre 9-11 as you can get I I, like but then I was like they can't do that like it it would be baffling but there is an episode where they go to like a like tri-state arena where it's like a, an amalgamation of like jersey 
probably Boston and New York. And I'm like, that's the Twin Towers right there. I think in Beyblade you see a miniature Twin Towers. So that shit's weird. But if you want to see some like really good like New York in the 80s stuff, hip-hop documentaries, man. Early hip-hop documentaries mm, mm-hmm. are great for that. Yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to figure out who Bosch's wife was. I, I did not know the chick at the beginning with the dog was her. Oh, yeah. Until they actually revealed it at the end. I was like, oh, oh, that's the fucking wife. I was like, I didn't realize. It was just a random girl, in my opinion, who got killed by oh, off screen. Yeah. Once he said, like, oh, my wife is missing, I was like, oh, that's the person from the beginning. I totally did not catch that. And that there's a few shots where it's like a fake head like when uh is that val that's trying to escape and all of a sudden he gets clunked in the head and you see him laying dead and he's got like this prosthetic face where daniel stern is is like val oh (laughs) like dead and then when they reveal the dog the dog's head is just so like (laughs) it's so fake it's just fake with the dog's head, this is supposed to be a devastating scene. Like, holy shit. There is a, the dog that the wife was walking is now like hung by its leash, dead in this like subterranean basement level. And our main character's spouse sees it. The dog's face is as if it is the happiest it has ever been. I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't devastating. That's the only no. part that, like, took me out of it is, like, oh, did. this is, like, it, don't show its face. We know it's a, it's a dog hanging there. Just seeing it from the side was devastating and terrifying. But seeing it's, like, <laughs> but just, it's as if, you know, in Pompeii. When the volcano hit and it's just, like, covered the entire city in ash. If there was a happy dog just hanging out. If there was Yogi Bear uh, stealing a picnic basket looking really fun, it would have been like, oh, wow. I'm so glad he died not knowing of the devastation. No, despite, like, it's, it's... I mean, it's a small budget, but it's, it's not, like, the creature effects are still decent they're like I said, there's only two things that really threw me off because it's just a low, lower budget and it's distributed by new world pictures it's not like a big big production yeah so i mean for for what they did you know the budget probably went to a lot of shooting on location stuff like that diner they had to rent out that's in jersey city so it's not necessarily new york but they they had to shut down that entire intersection for a while uh However, like, the the creature effects, when she starts fight, like, it busts through the wall and its neck starts stretching, that's fucking dope. That is. I was like, like, what the fuck's going on? And she takes, like, a freaking sword and just slices the neck right off, like, fucking Highlander. Yeah, I had a note about the swords that this man is a collector of nautical-themed swords because he had, like, nice boats pictures of boats and then what looked like pirate swords or something that would be in uh, yeah. that bride movie that I've only seen clips of. Yeah, that's uh it was definitely like a, a shaped like a pirate sword. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, our matey, she's gonna cut some heads off with that thing. Uh speak uh talking about the diner for a bit, do you recognize 
a cop. Yeah, so in that scene today I did a watch like after I watched this, I did a watch along of Frosty Returns and Frosty is voiced by John Goodman. So I had a double feature of the goods. <laughs> the goods. Yeah, I, I looked at us. Like, That's an early role for John Goodman. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Oh, man. That was so should you be on duty? Uh, looks around chuds all around the diner. Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's he that was their job was to make sure you were on the beat to make sure chuds weren't rising from the ground. Nope. Uh, not doing their job, just getting some burgers and something to drink and yeah. looking at the, the hostess. <laughs> uh, throughout this entire movie, our uh, John Hurd, that's his the actor's name. Yes, uh, I'll give you the act. The character's name is George. George, his boss from a paper, keeps calling him for which in Medusa for for photographs. He's like the deadline's coming yeah. up. And yeah. what I the only bad thing. Well, I mean, there's a lot of bad things about like especially smartphones, but about cell phones is like you can't in real time hear the voicemail because there's just like something boss and kind of like a power move to just like hear someone in real time be like i don't want to talk to you and i'm just gonna respond to your voice but you won't hear me in real time it's nice (laughs) yeah that was that was a nice back and forth between that i was like oh because i had a weird experience with a voicemail where i it went to voicemail and then i was like like they must have heard me on my end, but it's, it said hello, and I said hello, and then like it must have heard me. I was like, wait, no, this, this can't be right. No, no, no. Like it, it was a weird, trippy thing I was going through with the voicemail. It's just like, did he hear me? No, I don't think so. I think that's a ghost, man. <laughs> Fucking haunted. I'm gonna. That's a uh, one missed call, dude. Huh. Oh shit, man, I'm fucked. Man, you you miss that call? You listen to that voicemail, and it says rut row. You're dead, bro. Sadako's gonna get ya. I know that's two separate franchises, but they're both J horror. <laughs> I've never seen one missed call. I don't know who okay, the killer me is. Neither. In me there. neither. I may have seen I the American version of it when it came out, or the United States of America version. My question is: Have you seen the sequel of what? Chud. Oh no no no! Now, I thought you meant of like a ring or one missed call. They both no, have a sequel. No, no, I no. haven't, but I so badly want to. However, I, I'm curious. I like watching these with Nicole. Nicole would have come on, except you know, like she uh, Prime is the devil to her. So, well, like I said, it's the dark horse of the streaming services. So it's just. Uh, uh, I mean, she. I mean, Amazon is the devil to her. She. Very anti-Amazon. Uh, 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 I only have Prime because I need it. Like, I will only purchase things on Amazon if I need them right away. And in this last year, I've used it twice, and that is to get uh, bug spray, like, to spray around our apartment. And I'm like, oh, I just need this uh, immediately. So I have Prime because of that, because they're like, would you like free Prime every time I order? Because I just cancel it at, uh, 29 days in. So, yeah, I would like to watch these with Nicole, 
But things like Bud the Chud are things that she's like, yeah, man, I'm not watching this stupid ass shit with you, James. It was hard to get her to watch like Toxic Avenger. Luckily, I got her to because she was like, oh, this is just a good movie. But then when right. I, I try to get her to watch like uh, Dr. Alien, she's like, this is trash. Why do you watch these? I'm like, I'm a little stoned right now, but even if I weren't, I would be loving this. Um, is there anything from Chud that we have not touched upon you want to bring up? Uh, let me let me go through. At, okay, so there is one scene, also speaking on Nicole. It starts out with George talking to his spouse, saying like, hey, uh, I got some stuff to do. And she's like, hey, are you actually ready? We got a shoot today. And and he's like, excuse me, I I have a shoot today. That's what you're saying. And she's like, yeah, man. We have a perfume ad that you're shooting. He goes there. And she's like, hey, this is my first shot at a national ad. And the way he's acting, he's just like, oh, the, the is this, oh, who came up with this fantastic idea to sell this perfume this way? And I am in a, a, a couple of two creatives. Nicole does art. I do music, I do audio engineering, all of that stuff. If there is anything that I can do, no matter how dumb, no matter how stupid, that would further Nicole's career, I would do it with a smile on my face and in, in, enjoy it. I go to table with her at conventions because I like seeing people enjoy her work. Over the this past week, I got Hot Ones hot sauce because Nicole was too busy. We normally do these like digital tabling events where she like sells on live stream her merchandise, darlinghomebody.com. Go check it out. But I got Hot Ones sauce because Nicole was too busy. I was like, I'll do one my own myself. I'm not as cool as Nicole. What what will make people come in? Every $100 we made, I did the Hot Ones uh, Last Dab Carolina Reaper sauce every $100. $100. I was hoping we would make uh, – Nicole was like, you'll probably make like $200. I was like, well, the goal is $500. We almost made $600. And I did that stupid shit because I knew it would further her career and make her feel great about her art. So this man should shut the fuck up. And just help his spouse with what she needs, especially now she's pregnant. Yeah, that that changes everything. When as soon as the the news of pregnancy is like, you know, if I if I wanted to be, would you want to be? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's um, I I thought that was just a point of like George didn't want Lauren to be so cannily sclet, uh so naked in front of people and if as he's shooting him just like it's kind of like a jealousy kind of thing it's like yeah, i don't want to see you naked i don't want to see you like that's how i thought it in my head at least like it's kind of a protective thing of your girlfriend fiance thing which most guys are they're very protective of their women man if nicole was like hey i'm getting paid a lot of money and it will further my career to be scantily clad can you it'll be on a video can you do the music that can you score it i'd be like hell yeah you want to know why because i'm gonna get the hd raw footage of that and i'm going to enjoy actually i might have to say i don't think i can you will have to like chemically castrate me in order for me to focus in and do this without just 
pounding my putt all the time while I'm making the instrumental. <laughs> oh, Mike, it looks so defeated right now. <laughs> it's only... Uh... Normally, I do, I do these podcasts with audio, and James is lucky enough to get me on video, so, uh, uh, yeah, that's just, when James does this shtick, I'm just like, what do I do now, half the time? Yeah, uh, all Hugh, so there's this dude named Hugo in there, uh, he's down in the sewers with the other underground people, and I wrote down, all Hugo wants to do is bash pipe with no, with, without a mum, he wants to do this silence. It's that dude who's like, every chance he gets, he like has a pipe in his hand. He's like, I'm going to hit this dude, but doesn't say a fucking word. Oh, shit. I totally forgot about him. They probably didn't want to. They didn't want to pay so... him. He's like, they're like, he's going to be just a glorified extra. No, there was um, Val. Val's the one. He's like, the sky. The sky is <laughs> it's all about the sky and the government and this is like the sky is gonna the sky's gonna stop. The sky's gonna fall almost is like crazy bastard. I've always There's some eclectic characters down there. I've always thought about this for Geiger counters. No no no. I want a Giger counter. I wanna know how sexy something is based off from HR Giger's mentality. Like, oh like he'll see a, he'll see like just a woman in a bikini and he's like nah Giger counter's pretty low but like throw like some some tubes on her maybe like a, a gear and paint her all black like it, like in in silk body paint that's kind of spandex looking Giger counter's going off the chain right now to anyone nice. who is unfamiliar H.R. Giger is he created the xenomorphs in Alien Yes, uh, I totally got that, and I applaud you for that. When the chud is, like, pounding on the door to get into the downstairs neighbors that we met earlier, how the mother did not hear this just pounding, pounding, and this kid's about yeah. to open up the door. And it's like, don't open up it for someone you don't know, especially for a chud. No, it's like, dinner time. The kid's like, oh, I got to grab my toy. Got to run out of here. And it's like, bang, bang, bang. It's like, what the fuck, girl? Can you not hear that banging? It's loud. Yeah. How dare, dare she? Uh, when they go to the city officials, I just have a few more notes. They go to the city officials. Yep. It's Daniel Stern and John Hurd. Daniel Stern leaves because he's like, oh, man, I'm going to the fucking papers with this. Screw you guys. He goes downstairs, goes to a payphone, is about to put it in. But then one of their lackeys, the government's lackeys, grabs the quarter out of his hand and instead of just like throwing the quarter like doing something or just putting it in his pocket dude eats and swallows the quarter yeah yeah that guy is freaking eventually in the movie he actually locks uh aj in the, mm -hmm. the sewer basement he's like god damn it why why me yeah just, just shaking what a bastard he is just locking him in there. One of my last notes is if your wife is missing and you are a detective or a captain, like anything on the force, like during that time, you shouldn't be required to respond to a like found body that is uh, like yeah. because he goes they're like, hey, there's a body near the river that washed up. 
Let's look at, he goes down and then all of a sudden they say, oh shit, it's his wife. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. And it zooms up and it's his dead wife's head. And then yep. uh, zooms to him and he's like, oh God, no. Yeah, that was a, was a bit of a shock. Well, that's the detail that he, he just doesn't tell anybody. Is just like we're, there's a missing persons on this and this and this. And then doesn't tell AJ about it until afterwards. Like, why didn't you tell me as mm-hmm. your wife was missing? It's a point of like... I understand you want to find her and sure if she was if the dead body was like more in detail you could have said it's a female head and you could like, like cross-reference a freaking like which how many women are there are missing oh wait that could be his wife yeah and avoid that whole situation but no they just like let's just roll up and of course there's one point where the cops are uh going to a call where uh lauren uh george's girlfriend calls him because a chud is in the building Mm -hmm. so i need some help i found the dog's head in my basement and as soon as they came in the chud just wipes them out just boom gone and she steals a cop car to go find george it's (laughs) bad joy riding joy riding the cop car just like i gotta get my george and then the whole ends i'll I'll end it off with the ending because the ending is just because wilson tries to run him over after trying to like escape the sewers Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, AJ pulls out his gun and shoots the guy in the head, like spot on. And of course, Bosch gets killed. And you know he's like, "Nice shot." And it's just a sad ending to, to that character. And it's like, "Oh no, he's gonna die." Oh no, I think Bosch. Course, I think Bosch lives. I, I I don't know. I just I, I didn't think so. I see my brain perceived it. He was a nice shot, and then like that's that's what the sound of being dead is. Oh no! I've every time I've watched it, I'm like, oh, they're gonna get him help. He just got like shot. As long as he's not shot in the heart, I think he'll be fine. But that yeah. when I first watched this, Nicole was like, "Why the fuck did it just like blow up the the truck?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, was it because there was gas underneath and like it sparked and it blew up?" But they, I think the trucks, the Wilson dude said they were he was like hey be careful they're loaded to detonate from the bottom so don't hit any bumps so i think they had bombs on it so when he fought like the one of the wheels falls into the open manhole that triggered it to just explode yeah it was a, it was a big explosion too oh, like I, massive fireball i get it now it's probably in case the judge try to like get out and are strong enough to push on it it will blow up and kill the chud Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. All right, all right. But bef- before that, this is my last note. Yep, okay. Bosch goes to talk to Wilson, and they, like, go – because they, they found out that they've been dumping waste underneath Brooklyn area, and they're going off to the side, and they they he's like, oh – what are you going to do about it? And he's like, I'm going to go to the fucking police if you, or the, the newspapers, the media, if you don't do this. And then Wilson pulls out a gun and he's like, oh, how are you going to cover up you uh, a dead cop? And he's like, hey, I don't care, but I'll shoot you if I have to. Then Bosch just straight up in like one full motion just grabs the gun to to get it pointed away from him and then just dead clocks him and then Wilson just passes out for a little bit. It was so great. <laughs> that was a great scene. 
looking at the time uh you know what it is time at the end of the podcast where we give it a rating and a little review so out of five stars james what would you rate this film you know it's well shot it's all it's it's fantastic but there are points that like it is kind of a slow burn and just personally i'm like ah I'm de- debating between four and four and a half. I probably have a letterboxed review of it uh, or rating of it wherever. I- I'm going to give this a solid four stars. They probably could have like trimmed a little bit, but that's just personal opinion. If you like, maybe if I was like a little zooted at watching this, just throughout the entire thing, I would be happy to watch it. But then I start thinking, would I rather be watching Gilmore Girls opposed to this? Because, guys, if you're on a nice uh, Indica high, watch Gilmore Girls. You will fucking love it. Uh, (laughs) Good lord. So you want to know what? That's my review. That's my blurb of it. Guys, if you love 80s horror movies and you haven't seen this, give this a shot. It's fantastic, but it's a slow burn. If you're a little zooted, it'll make that burn a little more tolerable. However, if would you rather watch Gilmore Girls instead while being stoned out of your dome? Probably. Still four stars. Okay. Uh, cut into the chase because I did tell him beforehand of the review portion, so that's great. Uh, what I normally do is tell what the customers were reviewing on uh, Prime. Uh, you were close. You were so close. I was waiting for you to say the actual number, but they, uh, 580 reviews on Prime Video right now. It's 4.5 out of 5 stars. Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, a lot of 5 stars yes. on this uh, movie. A lot of people are saying... Uh, some some are like 80s gold and smart filmmaking with a limited budget makes yeah. for a cult classic. So Prime Video knows where it's at. Um, so close. I would give, yeah, I would give the same rating. It's like 4, 4.5. It's just, it is so good. I, I'm going to put this in my rotation to watch as soon as, you know, whenever I can. I just love it. Hey, and if, Bud, it is. And if Bud the Chud winds up on Prime, maybe I'll be back for that. Yeah, as of now, it's uh, for rent and buy, so that's not going to be possible. But if it becomes available, it's possible. But it is on Tubi TV. Sure. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, this is the end of the podcast, bro. Uh, give the deets on where people can find you and everything you do. Yeah, guys, go to MSSPod on Twitter. To That's the best way to stay up to date with me. Go over to MLMPod.com to find out information about the plethora of weekly podcasts I do. Right now, it's only two that are in the free feeds, which is Mostly Speaking Sentai. Mike has been on. It was a fantastic episode. And then also Shuffling the Deck, which is the definite, making the definitive introductory ICP playlist podcast. My friend Sean and I were going through... Every single ICP album and EP and some side projects creating the perfect introductory playlist because a lot of people are like, I hate the insane clown posse. They suck. And I'm like, oh, like, what about their music don't you like? And they're like, I've actually never listened to them. So if anyone's – there's also a lot of shit that they do, like just bad stuff. So this is an introductory if you're ever wanting to listen to them – 
and kind of get like the good stuff to start out with, check out the podcast. It's a playlist on Spotify as well that each episode we take two songs from whatever we've listened to and throw it on that playlist. Then you can go over to also MLMPod.com where you can listen to my music under Marshland Monster. That's three words. It's also on Spotify and all of that stuff as well. Then go over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod where you can hear exclusive content such as Engage with Nicolas Cage, talking about Beyblade, the Toku Reading Corner, and This Existed, which This Existed is kind of, you know, like this. I'm showing my friend Corey King all of this weird stuff that I grew up watching or recently discovered. We've done Meet the Deedles. Recently, for our Christmas episode, we did Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. It's a Lifetime movie starring Grumpy Cat and Aubrey Plaza as Grumpy Cat. Yeah, that sounds uh, exciting. Uh, I might give that a listen. Uh, Maybe I'll support the Patreon. Who the fuck knows? Oh my god, I would every patron we get. I'm like, oh my god, this is validation that I'm doing something right. It's worth it, folks. Uh, give him a uh, a check. Yeah, that's all. It's that's all five dollars a month. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Is pretty cheap, pretty cheap, 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 cheap on that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Mixtape. Uh, everything I do is in my Twitter bio. I have a bunch of side podcasts that I'm trying to push out whenever I can, uh, especially with life and work on the side. I can't do it. Um, the main one I do is Into the Grid uh, with my friend Sean. We talk Power Rangers. We're just, as of this recording, we're just wrapping up our third season, going on our fourth season pretty soon. And uh, as for this network here, I work with the movie blog where Prime Picks is exclusively on the audio feeds. You can check out everything at Merc with the movie blog with at movie blog Merc on Twitter, YouTube. Definitely check it on YouTube. We have a bunch of exclusive shows like What a Marvel, Oh What a Marvel. So definitely check it out at at yeah. movie blog Merc, uh, movie, Merc with the movie blog. Check it out, folks. And yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And I'll see you again when. A pick from Prime has been made.